Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by James Hardy Siding, the best siding on the planet. Steve, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Hey, Jim, how you doing today? Wonderful. How about you? Good. Hey, I'm, the reason for my call today is I have a house that was built in 1997 in Van Alstine. And the homeowner, when he built the home, he put the, the motorized fans, uh, attic vents, and one of them burnt out. So I was thinking if I'm going to replace them, I'd like to find out what would be the best solution uh, to replace those. Yeah, the attic fans that are powered you know, with electricity are a yes. problem for burning out all the time. Replace it with a solar-powered one. The solar, solar power. power motors, you know, the, the uh, they with the ones that they use on the solar powered units, tend to hold up way better, and you don't run the risk of a short causing a fire in the house. Okay. Those Where solar, those, those 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 regular uh, electric powered fans, God, they they cause more attic fires than than I can shake a stick at it. They they've just been really problematic. Because I have one on the west side of the house. And one on the north side of the house, uh-huh. uh, because there's two accesses to the attic. Right. One on the west side, I can see where the solar panel would go for that. But what about the north side? It wouldn't get any sun at all, almost. It, it typically is going to get enough sun for the solar panels. You know, one of the myths on solar panels is that they have to have direct sun all the time. Uh-huh. And y- when you're trying to generate electricity with them to like power a house. The reason they try to do that is it gives you the maximum benefit of the solar panels. But even when it's turned, you know, if the sun is, you know, in the east and you got your panel facing west, you're still going to be generating power. It's just not quite as much. So it's it would okay. still work just fine. Let's talk with uh, Ron. Welcome to Texas Home Improvement. How can I help you? Hello? Yes, sir. Oh, hi. Thanks for taking my call. My pleasure. I've got uh, a plumbing scenario that when I use the hot water, the pipes whistle. Whistle? Whistle. A high-pitched whistling sound. And it's if I use the plumbing on the first floor, I hear it in the second floor plumbing. Uh, If I use it on the second floor, I hear it on the first floor plumbing. Uh It just whistles in the hot water plumbing. And it's only on the hot water side, right? Correct. Okay. Normally, what's causing that is there is a washer or O-ring somewhere that is loose. And normally, it would be in one faucet. But since you're hearing it in multiple places, I would almost bet, coming out of the water heater, that you've got a little screen mm. that where the pipes tie together. Uh, typically, you know that copper flex line? Mm-hmm. Where it ties into the other line, there's a lot of times a screen, and I'll bet the washer in that screen is vibrating a little bit, and that's what makes that whistle sound. Hmm. Okay. And so just shut the water off and uh, let the the pipe cool a little bit, but undo it and find where that screen is. Just replace that washer and screen, and I'll bet it'll take care of your problem. Never thought about that. Okay, great. Well, Ron, if you had thought about it, then you'd be doing this instead of me. Yeah. And I have fun doing this. Don't take my fun away. All righty. Take well, care, Ron. I sure appreciate it.
Oscar, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Well, thank you very much. Uh, quick question here. I have um, electric lawn equipment, blower, mower. When I plug my extension cord to the unit to use it and I turn the unit on, boy, a bunch of smoke starts coming out where I connect them. And uh, you can smell the electrical fire smell and it melts everything up. And I've even gone so far as to get in a brand new extension cord and even a brand new mower and blower, but it still does the same thing. What could be the cause of that? How heavy of a cord are you using? Some big, round, heavy, three-pronged uh, things that you get at Home Depot, the big orange kind. It's not the, the christmas light kind. I'm using good, heavy-grade, uh, 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 you know, cords. Sure. Well, uh because you know they come oh, in, they come in, they come yeah. in different uh, diameters, mm. and depending on how long of run you have to do, and how much power the motor is going to be pulling, that's what determines what size cord you need to use. Um, gotcha. And how how uh, are you using just one single cord or two cords or? Usually two, but I mean, whenever I use even one single cord, the second I I turn the unit on. You'll see the smoke and start smelling the smell. So, yeah, some is need a heavier. Yeah, something is definitely drawing more power than what you've got rated for, and I'm yeah. suspecting it's in the power cord itself. The orange cords, uh, a lot of times, are a 14 gauge, uh-huh. and you probably need a minimum of a 12 gauge, if not a. And if you're going to run two cords together, you're probably needing a 10. Okay. Alrighty. I'll give that a try and see if that works. Okie doke. Appreciate you. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Yeah, and that's normally what's going to melt those ends that way is if you're using the wrong size power cord uh, because the power coming through the house should be regulated. Shouldn't be an issue with that. Uh, and if it's not tripping the breaker, more than likely it's that you got the wrong size cords, which in itself typically eventually trip the breaker as well. Brian, welcome to 740 KTRH. Hey, Jim, uh, I had a question for you. I, I live in spring, and when it rains hard, we get some standing water in the backyard. And so I'm looking into having, like, a drain system put in. I had three different companies come out. The first two, uh, in their bid, they were going to put in that kind of large flat corrugated pipe, uh, like plastic pipe yeah. that goes from the backyard with, like, maybe five catch bases. And yep. then it goes down to the curb. And, uh, and then the third guy that came out and said, you really don't want that. He recommended using, like, four-inch solid PVC yep. pipe. So that you can clean that out easier. I just want to see what your recommendation was. When I put in a drainage system, I will not use that black corrugated stuff. Uh, because, one, you can't run anything through there to clean it out very well. Two, it moves too much up and down with the soil. Uh, and a lot of cities have actually banned it from being used for drainage systems now because it's okay. been so problematic. I've got a project uh, in one of my other offices where we're actually going to be replacing a, a large system that uses that black corrugated stuff for for the reasons I was just talking about. And, you know... Uh, it, it it doesn't cost that much more 
to use the PVC and do it right than than to use that right. stuff. And and uh, you know, let's face it: once you put one of these systems in, you want it to last as long as possible. Right. Yeah. In fact, the third company that was going to use this solid PVC pipe, they're, they're actually came in with the best price versus the other two executives. Yeah. The other factors. But uh, is there like a is there kind of a per linear foot cost that it will de- it, it all depends on how deep everything has to be dug. That's really what dictates the pricing. The ma- okay. the materials is usually the secondary part of it. Uh the dig, the labor is the biggest part. Okay. All right, very good. Thanks for your help. You bet. Robert, how can I help you today? Uh yeah, thank you for your program. I'm not getting hot water in my tub. I'm getting hot water all over the house, but in my tub. It's always been slow, but just recently the city had cut the water off, and then when they cut it back on now, it's just a drip. You got a two-handle faucet or a one-handle faucet on that tub? Two-handle. Okay. Something is plugged in the line. And more than likely, especially since they shut the water off, some debris broke loose from whatever they were fixing. It travels through the line. It gets into those valves, and it literally plugs them up. Shut the water off to the house, pull the handle, and pull the valve stem out. Clean it, and I'll bet when you put it back in, it'll it'll run just fine. Okay. Thank you so much. You bet, Robert. Have a great weekend. And a good weekend to you, too. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. And... You know, uh, that happens a lot of times when water gets shut off, that uh, you get debris flowing through there. You just got to clean out the faucets and, and get stuff running again. Jim, this is Jim. How can I help you? I'm looking to uh, upgrade my kitchen floor. Uh, currently has a tile, but I want to put uh, an upgraded tile uh, in. What's the advantages and disadvantages of putting tile on top of the tile to save money? You know, I, I know that's being done more and more. I'm not a huge fan of putting tile on top of tile. And the main reason is tile will eventually come loose. It always does. And if you put the new tile on top of the old tile, you've got now two layers that can separate. Uh, the other issue that I have with it is the fact that it raises the floor height. And a lot of times people don't think about this, but like the dishwasher and things like that, it becomes a problem getting them in and out because it changes the elevation. Even if you don't put it under the dishwasher, you put it to the front side of the dishwasher, now the new dishwasher or the old dishwasher cannot come up high enough to clear the tile floor to get out. And you got the same problem when you try to slide a new one in. So it, there, there are definite reasons. You know, if you're in a bathroom or something like that, it's easier to get away with it. In a kitchen, it is more difficult. Again, the, the dishwasher is a big example. But the other thing is, if you drop something in the kitchen, a glass, for instance, you always run the risk that you're going to break one of the tiles. That risk increases when you put tile on top of tile. Uh, simply because you, you're not as solid as when you're down on the solid concrete floor. So th- there are several reasons why not to do it. The biggest reason to do it, it is a little bit cheaper. Now, if you wanted to save money on it, 
you could remove the old tile yourself and then have the new you know somebody come in to install the new tile uh, and I gotta be honest removing the old tile is typically not that big a deal it takes a little bit of elbow grease a, yeah. a little bit of time but it, it's usually not that big of deal to get it out of there creates a little bit of dust that's the biggest problem but with it with the uh, chipping hammers that they have you know they've got some now where it's angled it's got a flat head on it and you literally sl roll up with an electric hammer that pops all those tiles off it, it really is relatively quick to get done all right thank you you bet take care jim and i know we're all always looking for a way to shortcut and make jobs easier but you know it tile over tile and shingles over shingles on the roof neither one of them is a good idea it shortens the lifespan of the new stuff and that's that's just the way it is now if you figure you're going to change out the tile every five six years go ahead and go over it you can pay the extra money to remove two layers the next time but you know short of that i definitely would not recommend it all righty then uh, marie what can i do for you today yes uh, good afternoon i am calling we have um, we have a small pool, and we are thinking about redoing. It is our uh, great room, and then down a hallway um, in wood floor. Um, so we're trying to decide. We've heard that the new vinyl plank wood look flooring uh -huh. is a really good option, especially if you have uh, a wet area, a, a yes. pool area. So I'm just interested in your opinion about wood. I don't think we would want laminate. We would either be looking at a, a you know, a less expensive wood floor versus the vinyl plank wood look floor. Well, I would definitely tell you don't go with wood with the pool because uh, every time you walk in and you start, you drip water on it, if you don't clean it up, that floor will start to show it. It, it, okay. it just doesn't hold up well. Okay. However, with that being said, there are some floors out right now that look exactly like wood, but they're waterproof. Okay. And uh, they interlock. You know, they're easy to install. They're they're floating type floors. Uh, the wood planks that you're asking about, it, uh -huh. you know, the vinyl planks. Uh -huh. I actually have that in a couple of my offices, and it it is. You just have to make sure that you get the high end ones. The cheap ones. This, this the finish doesn't hold up well okay. but the better ones um, you can't even tell that that they're being w walked on all the time and in a construction office like I have we get mud on it and everything else and it, it's very durable okay and and so either look for a high-end vinyl plank yep. or what was the other one you said it's a floating floor that yeah uh, there uh, Floor and decor actually carries a, about four different lines of, of these waterproof uh, floors uh -huh. that look just like wood. And they, like I say, they're extremely durable. They gave me a couple of samples of them, uh, uh -huh. a few different ones that I threw in the back of my truck. They rode around there for about four months. And then I leaned them up outside my garage. They've been there about a year, and they, <laughs> and they still look good. Okay. I just wanted to see how durable they were. Sure. And and that's not the tile. It's it's not like a tile product. Nope. It is 
it's just some other kind of product. Okay. It, yeah, it's 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 more like the engineered wood floors, but instead of having the plywood and all that stuff, it has a synthetic on okay. it. Uh, and right. extremely durable, and of course you you always have the option of this the tiles that look like wood, but uh, and those hold up unbelievably well as you know also. But the 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 vinyl planks and that those uh, waterproof interlocking floors are by far going to be your cheaper way to go and a quicker, easier install. Uh, we have an enclosed. An outdoor cement patio. We are wanting to paint or stain the concrete in the most simple way possible. Can you please tell us if we can paint it with a special concrete paint that won't chip, or is there a stain we can simply brush on to color the concrete? Also, is there any special preparation work that we have to do to paint or stain the concrete? Thanks a lot, Mike. Well, Mike, first of all, you absolutely can paint or stain it. Typically, painting is going to be much easier than staining the concrete. The first thing you would have to do is make sure the concrete is good and clean. Typically a pressure washer can take care of that for you. Uh, you're just trying to get all the dirt and grime off because if, if you don't clean it first, any of that, you know, the black dirt that's on there, the mold, mildew, and all that kind of stuff, it can allow the paint or stain whichever you decide to use to not adhere to the concrete so a good pressure washing to clean it up first is definitely in order now paint versus stain the paint you can basically once you got it cleaned up you can get a regular concrete paint and yes they do make them in fact all the bridges you see and stuff that's not just straight concrete it's been painted so you get a concrete paint and they, they actually make some that are made for walking on. They're, they're a little pricey, but, you know, it's going to hold up much better than just getting a, a, a cheapy wall paint and putting on there. So you put the paint on there with a roller, and you're done. If you decide you want to stain it, you're typically going to stain the concrete first. Then you're going to end up putting a couple coats of clear over the top of it. So there's a lot more work that goes into staining concrete than there is painting it. And the best part about the painting, especially since you're talking about a patio, it's going to be outside and you don't mind going either way. It's easy to repaint it. It's easy to change the colors later if you want to. Uh, and it, quite honestly, it's for most people's patio, it's durable enough to last years and years. Uh, most common colors used to be red as far as painting concrete. Uh, then And red and then green were the two real common colors. Nowadays, most people go with either a gray or a beige tan type color. But regardless of the color you want, it's relatively simple to do and readily available at any paint store. Uh, you're not going to find it typically at the box stores. You're normally going to have to go to a you know, a Sherwin-Williams, Benjamin Keller, one of those type of places, Kelly Moore, uh, in order to get the paints. because And they're going to carry the better, higher-end paints for you anyways. Another email question that came in, and this is not one that most people deal with, but, Jim, I'm installing new baseboard. I have nailed it at the bottom, and there's a gap at the top. How do I get the top to pull in so it's snug against the wall? Well, Typically, when you're nailing baseboards, you're nailing both the bottom and at the top 
of the baseboard. What you're looking for when you nail the top, though, is a stud to nail into. At the bottom, you're typically nailing into the, the plate on the bottom of the wall, and that's why when you nail in the top, if you can nail it into a 2x4, that'll snug it up. And then, of course, you're still going to have some gap up there. That's why when the baseboards are put in, they get caulked to finish them out and give them that, that nice, tight look. Uh, and then, you, you obviously, you're going to have to paint after that. If you have a white baseboard and use a white caulk, you know, a lot of times people think, well, I won't have to bother painting because it's white on white. You're going to find that that caulking will yellow over time. And so you're better off to put your baseboard in, do all the caulking and everything around, all the baseboard, window trims, and all that before you paint so that the caulking gets painted and covered up as well, and that way it doesn't yellow with time. We just had a plumber replace the bottom element of an electric water heater. It is a glass-lined A.O. Smith water heater that is 24 years old. He said we may want to consider replacing it due to its age. Could we please have your opinion as to whether or not we should replace it? Thanks very much, Mike. Well, Mike, if the water heater, even though it's 25 years old, is not giving you a problem, why do you want to replace it? Now, there, and I say that tongue-in-cheek a little bit because, you know, the water heater could go out at any time. But let's, let's really talk about what goes out on a water heater. The typical problem that causes people to want to replace a water heater, or have to replace a water heater, I guess I should say, is they start leaking. The metal tanks get pits in them, they start leaking, or they build up too much sediment in the bottom if it's a, to where it starts just uh, crackling and making all kinds of noise. Now, electric ones, they, they don't typically do all the crackling noise, but what happens with them is they build up so much sediment in the bottom, it literally doesn't produce as much hot water as it used to because there's too much sediment buildup. And a 24-year-old water heater, that very well could be the case. But on the glass tanks, they don't, they don't rust. It can shatter and break. But really, unless, you're ha it's, unless it's in a critical area, like when you have one in a, an attic and you don't have a pan under it to catch the leaking water, yeah, then you may want to consider replacing it because you can put the pan in and all that at the same time. And when you do that, put in an automatic shutoff. They, they make a shutoff that goes in the pan. So if water starts dripping into the pan, there's a shutoff valve going into the water heater that automatically closes so it minimizes how much water is going to pass through it. But in general, I don't care if the water heater is 40 years old. If it's not giving me a problem and it's not leaking, why replace it? Lane, this is Jim. How can I help you? Hey, Jim. I live in Fairview, which is between Allen and McKinney. Yeah. Uh, in a golf course gated community, and the house is about 10 years old. It's a double driveway. On the left-hand side, if you pull into the house, it's starting to sink a little bit. Well, actually a lot in the last year. And uh, the neighbor, a couple of doors down, had a company come out and injected the driveway underneath and pumped it back up. And I don't know if that was good or not, but I know you're in the foundation business. And yeah. I want your opinion on that. And the second question is, I have a uh, shower in one of the bathrooms. It's, it's not a real shower. It's a tub shower. And in the last week or so, the hot water has started to come out about half the normal 
consistency and uh, just want to know if there's something wrong with a hot water heater or if uh, what we okay. can do on that. So I'm well, let's, let's start with the drive. Well, no, don't hang up because I may okay. have a question for you. Let's okay. start with the driveway. Uh, what they did was a urethane pump, I'm, I'm assuming, or if it was, it was a, a neighbor two doors down. I don't really know. She yeah. came in and pumped it up, and it got it back to where it was supposed to be. And there's two ways. The house. There's two ways of doing it. One is with a urethane, and for that they drill about a five eighth inch hole, inject a foam underneath that expands, pumps it up, holds it back in place. The other is by mud pumping. They drill a two inch hole and pump mud underneath there, and same thing. It, it just pumps it up and you know fills the the void and holds it there okay if the soil moves again the driveway will move again but it buys you lots of time and yes i actually have rigs to do both those type of projects and it it's very effective for driveways patios sidewalks things like that roads all that i do not recommend it on home foundations though because it is still on the moving soil and subject to a lot of movement now on this sh uh, shower problem you're having are you having hot water issues at any other fixtures other than that shower? No, it's just uh, the one bathroom shower that all of a sudden it just, the water starts coming out slow. Okay, then it is not the hot water heater. It's going to be something in the valve. Is that a single-handle valve? When you, when you said no, it, well, yeah, you turn the, the valve on to make it hot or cold. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, there's something in the mixer valve then that, that has uh, changed um and typically what it's an indication of is that the o-rings are probably going bad and it's nothing more than take the handle off you can remove the cartridge and take it into a regular plumbing supply store get a rebuild kit for it that'll clean it up put all new o-rings and everything put it back together and you'll probably be good as new You've just heard the best calls and questions from Texas Home Improvement. For more information about our show, go to THIPro.com.